0: Welcome to R.R. Cooper's Kokamami Cavalcade of Cozy Tales. In this podcast, I take a writing prompt from somewhere, write a very short story, and then either me or a guest reads it for you. This is not meant to be a writing tutorial or even a how-to-write-short-stories class. At the end of each episode, I will actually tell you a little bit about the writing process and try to point out the worst faults as I see them, so that perhaps you at least learn what not to do. Cyberpunk is, in my opinion, very underrepresented in today's literature. It's one of those genres, along with Weird West, that I would love to do longer pieces for in the future. Today's prompt reads thus, It's difficult managing a bagel shop and being a black market arms dealer at the same time. Labor shortage at the shop. People growing suspicious of your warehouse meetups. But someone has to supply amputees with great price products so you consider yourself a hero and deal with the risks. End quote.
1: The man in front of Bian fidgeted with his large yellow jacket while he dug for something. He pulled a smart pane from his interior jacket and, with a very sweaty hand, pressed some buttons. Some text in Unilang flashed onto the screen. Ugh, thought Bian. Another bloody e messenger. A Sullivan bagel, please, said the client. The code word piqued Bian's interest. Of course. Would you like it with a beverage? Yes. Some Earl Grey tea with no sugar or milk. I'm allergic. Sure thing. Your total is five maple coins. Please look into the ice scan here to verify payment. Oh, sorry. I don't have maple coins. Just Cali coin. No problem. Tap your Cali purse to the sensor there. Bian finished ringing the man up and gave him his order. After the man exited the store, she tapped Manuel on the shoulder and told him that she was taking a weed break. The reinforced door swung open, barely missing the man behind it just by mere inches. Bian rolled her eyes. The message said to wait ten minutes and then make your way to the alley. Didn't you read it? She said, trying her best to not sound exasperated. Did it? I- I'm so sorry, I'm a bit nervous, said the man, still holding the bag with the bagel in it and the tea in his other hand. They get younger every year, thought Bian. The man in front of her was tall, but the big brown eyes and hint of peach fuzz on his chin meant he was probably in his late teens at the most. Follow me, said Bian, while pointing to a set of stairs that led to the shop's basement. Uh, my name is... started the man. Before he could finish, Bian swiveled back and put a hand on the man's mouth. No names, said Bian softly. You never know who is listening. Uh, I mean... Does it matter? It says yours right there. Bien, the man mumble said when Bien removed her hand. You're not too bright if you think my real name is Bien, said probably not Bien while chuckling a little bit. Oh, said the man, his shoulders sagging. Bien thought he looked very much like a sad, gigantic hound puppy, all gangly and waiting to grow. Probably scared Meredless from the journey, she thought. Look, it's better if you use a pseudonym. What do your mates call you? asked Bianne softly. Don't really have any mates, said the man. Okay, I'm giving you a nickname then, said Bian as she patted the man on the back and proceeded to unlock the basement door. They went down into the basement and through a maze of bagel boxes, bagel bags, and bagel supplies. Bianne removed a spiderweb from in front of her face as she stopped to fetch another key from her apron. ''How about Spider?'' she said. ''Spider?'' answered back the man, sounding rather doubtful about this possible new nickname. ''Yeah, Spider. Makes complete sense. You're tall, lanky and whatnot.'' ''Spider?'' echoed the man, as if trying to savour it. ''See, you're basically used to it already.'' said Bian, as she unlocked the door to reveal a big workshop filled with every single different kind of augmentation, smart prosthesis, powered prosthesis, vanity dyes, DNA modifiers and trait infusers someone could ever need. In the middle of it stood a man holding a digipad in his hand, taking stock and making notes. A rather large man, he dwarfed even the newly named spider. "'Oi, Raymond!' Exclaimed Bian as she walked towards him. Yes, Bian, said the man calmly, his basso profundo resounding across the workshop. Got a customer for you, said Bian as she pushed Spider forward. And who might you be, young fellow? said Raymond as he extended his hand for a bump. The names? A cough from Bian made Raymond raise his eyebrow. Spider sighed. Spider. The name's Spider, he said as he bumped Raymond's fist. Raymond walked over to what Spider guessed was probably a desk under all the paperwork on top of it and pulled three chairs, three glasses, and a bottle of decent-looking Canadian rye whiskey. Raymond poured shots for all of them and then motioned for Bian and Spider to sit down. Spider couldn't help but notice that Raymond's chair and glass and whiskey bottle were all proportional to him, which meant that they were a sofa, a pint glass, and a small barrel, respectively. Only once everyone had settled down, and Raymond had taken a sip of his pint of whiskey, did he finally ask, So, what can I do for you, Monsieur Spider? Well, sir, my sister and I, you see, we need some new gear. Raymond gave a small laugh, which of course was a booming laugh to everyone else around him. That's my speciality, mon ami. So, what do you need? Spider inhaled and in one long exhale stated what he needed. A new set of Fujiwara arms, snoots and legs, omni interface with satellite link, a battle suit, Euro or Asian interface would be better. I would also require a standard NCO contractor kit, so that is a main battle rifle, sidearm, practice munitions, set of uniforms, both combat and formal, a PMC operator license, and finally a Type 204 cranial box with an accompanying body, standard People's Army interface should be okay. As soon as Spider reached the cranial box bit, Raymond stopped writing. Where are you from, mon brave? said Raymond, the material of his chair creaking as he inched forward. From nowhere. I just need the stuff. No one, and I mean no one, just needs a type 2 or 4. That's a baseline blank body for a human consciousness to be transferred to. A practice that is illegal everywhere, including China. Then why do they make them? asked Spider, forgetting for a moment how involved he was in all of this. Because they made them illegal for everyone except themselves under the Country and People Protection Statute. It's a little footnote that says no one can do it, except they can, since it might benefit the people. Oh, said Spider, once again looking at the floor. Look, mon petit, just come clean with me. Why do you need these parts? I know who sent you from the passcode, so I know you're not some idiot that crippled himself so he could get these. Spider looked up at Raymond and also at Bian. They're kind people. That's what the person who'd turned him on to these two had said. They had also said that they were dodgy, but in a good way. Spider just hoped he wasn't making a huge mistake in trusting them. The last couple of months had been some of the hardest in his life, which was saying something, taking into account how hard his life had been up to this moment. ''My sister, she's a cranioambulant,'' exhaled Spider. ''That's why I need the parts, so she can finally have a body.'' ''I see,'' said Raymond. ''Where were you before this?'' ''Can't tell you, sorry.'' ''Even if it helps?'' "'No, sorry.' Hmm, shame. "'I've got some rather good implants for a tube soldier such like yourself.' "'Spider felt as if his stomach was being pulled down towards the centre of the earth. "'How did you know?' asked Spider. "'The hammer of a pistol cocked. "'Spider felt a coldness rush through the back of his neck. Bian is not only a magnificent manager,' said Raymond.' ''She's also a former contractor for several PMCs.'' Spider let go of the concealed plaster pistol that he had in his jacket. Bianne's hand reached around to remove it. The coldness left Spider's neck. ''Don't alarm yourself, Monsieur Spider,'' said Raymond, as he poured himself a measure of whiskey. ''I'm no flesh peddler. I only knew because of your skin.'' ''My skin?'' asked Spider. Aye, look at the massive stretch marks on your neck and biceps. You're no juiced-up former convict, packed to the bollocks with artificial testosterone and released to wreak havoc. He's not, said Bian, while looking Spider over, presumably in search of the telltale needle punch burns that convict conscripts tend to have. No, he's not. He is a proper neo-soldat. Right? Who built you? White, Strauss, and Herrera, answered Spider. Out of San Francisco. And that's why you need the implants, correct? Your sister was meant to be just your aide de camp, not meant to walk around next to you. That's right. She was meant to be inside an armored vehicle. Fascinating. Well, I can tell you that these parts are mighty expensive, and I'm guessing you barely have any coins to your name, correct? Correct, said Spider as he hung his head. Well, that's not a bother, said Raymond. I'm sure I can find a use for a baby super soldier who can control what? Fifty drones? More like a hundred, said Spider looking up. A bit more of pep in his voice. A hundred. Fascinating, whispered Raymond. A baby? He looks pretty old to me, said Bian. That's just the growth acceleration chemicals working. They boost his development during the first ten years, said Raymond, as if he was reading it from a textbook. He turned towards Spider. You look around 18 or 19. Which means you would be around. Nine, completed Spider helpfully. Bian looked too stunned to say anything for a moment, but quickly got over it. Nine? He's a child, she said. Not under the law he isn't, said Raymond. It accelerates his mental age as well. He's actually smarter than we are, probably. Spider fidgeted while Raymond explained this. He was used to being talked about as if he wasn't in the room. At least Raymond had been kind enough to refer to him as he and not it, like his old matrons at the incubator used to. So, said Spider, can I go get my sister? Please do, mon brave, said Raymond. I'll start scouring for the Type 204 immediately. Aye, aye, sir, said Spider. Spider and without thinking saluted and ran out of the room and presumably up the stairs to go in search of his sister. Bianne turned towards Raymond. Are they safe? She asked. Not really, answered Raymond. They're most likely second generation soldiers. Enfants terribles. They probably never even met their mother and father, or rather mothers and fathers, since that's how they mix them now. Can you help him? Perhaps, he said. Then he turned around and started sending messages to his contacts out of Shanghai and thinking of how he could avoid having the shipment pass by the Gulf of Mexico. The bloody Floridian pirates were worse every year. Bian looked upon her friend and sighed. She did not miss the PMCs, really, and was happy that Raymond was going to help this kid. She brushed some dust off the desk with her rag, turned around, climbed up the stairs, and went to check on the bagels.
0: This was another one where I felt that I could just keep on writing and end up with a really interesting story. Transhumanism is fascinating, and it is from a transhumanist work that we get our protagonist's nickname, Spider. Uh, which was the name of the protagonist in Transmetropolitan, uh, Warren Ellis' cyberpunk masterpiece. There is also a lot from License to Kilt by Robert Young Pelton. In it, he explores the world of PMCs, or private military companies. This is a subject I've always been fascinated with since the Mercenary was the standard for armies in the West before the birth of the true nation-state army. It is also very interesting to see the parallels between mercenary philosophy and lifestyle, and our modern working lives, and how we view the relationship between the professional and the job. Lastly, I'm one of those nerds that will read a ten-thousand-word document about how the world would be different if Napoleon had won Waterloo, so I like my alternate history and i enjoyed coming up with the little glimpses of history in the future that we get i also will say that the florida ending up as a failed pirate state that that was the first thing i thought would happen i'm i'm not going to lie <laughs> well that's pretty much it for today please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, and if you're on YouTube, don't forget to bell as well, because YouTube is a bit of an egg when it comes to telling you when new stuff comes out. The bell is a guarantee that you'll hear about it. Also, my debut novella, The Missing Wolf, A London Beast Story, is available to purchase on Kindle. You can find a link for it in the episode notes. And finally, I'll be keeping these videos free of external ads so you can listen without interruptions. If you want to support my work, feel free to donate to me on Coffee. You can find the link in the description. Believe me, even one dollar is way more than I would ever earn from you watching with ads. All that is left to say is that this was produced with love in the city of Vancouver, Canada.